All right, welcome to another episode of The Coach's Box. It is almost divisional playoff weekend. Uh, so we're going to cover all of this weekend's matchups. And then, unfortunately, as Ohio-based folks, we're going to go over what happened last night, the massacre that happened last night. Uh, so we're going to start there, actually, and just get it out the way as much as it pains us to do so. Well, at least most of us. Uh, we, we all picked this to be a close game, and some of us were like, ah, Alabama by three, ah, OSU by three. We'll see how Justin feels, you know, how he's playing and everything like that. Well, unfortunately, OSU fell to Alabama 52 to 24, so not quite the three-point margin that we were expecting. 28 points in the second quarter, which really, which really did, did Ohio State in. Just to throw out some stats out there, I can't even believe it looking at these numbers. You got Mac Jones throwing for 464 yards and five touchdowns. You got Devontae Smith, who was always open for some reason, 12 receptions, 215 yards and three touchdowns. And then you have Najee Harris, 22 uh, rushes, 158 yards and three touchdowns. Large exhale. Coach Natty T, I will give you the floor first. You are grinning ear to ear, much to our chagrin. Go ahead. What were your takeaways from last night? Well, as you all know, if you've listened to these other podcasts, I can't stay in Ohio State, so it brought me a lot of joy last night. But, but in all seriousness, though, I did pick Ohio State to win because I honestly thought uh, Alabama with – uh, Steve Sarkeesian, because if you look at years past where you have coaches or, you know, defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators that have taken or taken other jobs, you know, right before like a big bowl game, usually it doesn't work out because they're kind of distracted because you're doing two duties at once. So I thought that was going to have a lot bigger impact on Alabama's offense than it did. Um, and then I thought Justin Fields would have a better game. Um, and then I thought Ohio State's defense would at least like shorten the game a little bit with Alabama's offense, just kind of make it more of a like physical type of game. But man, I, I did not expect to see that. I mean, I'm not surprised that Alabama won, but I mean, they made Ohio State's defense look like uh, like a one double A school. Like it was that shocking. Mm-hmm. So that was my biggest takeaway because I was like, I, Devontae Smith, man, I ain't, I mean, I know he was good, but my goodness, to do that to like an Ohio State defense, that's pretty impressive. So that was my biggest takeaway. They're like, they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, much better than I think even people, even though Alabama's always been a powerhouse. Right, right. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> Alabama's a powerhouse, but I never, I never would have expected them to do that to an Ohio State. Yeah, that's just, that's shocking. It was. It was. Coach Pace, what were your takeaways from last night's game? D coordinator gotta go. <laughs> D coordinator gotta go. Tonight. Okay. He's gotta go tonight. Okay, so I'm not even gonna get on the offensive side of the ball because Trey Sermon, it felt like the Florida game because y'all remember the first play of the game, kick six with Ted again, and then he get injured, and then next thing you know, Trey Sermon gets smacked, and all of a sudden, I'm pretty sure he broke his collarbone. I was like, this has that feeling, but whatever. So, I mean, I'm not going to get on the offense. They held up their own for about a quarter and a half. Um, 
and did what they could. But my biggest issue was, why are we in man <laughs> when they are literally running all man beaters? <laughs> literally, they're just getting Devontae Smith open in space. That's it. That's all they did. And then Najee Harris, same thing. They would dump it off to him, get him in space. And his balance is crazy. His patience is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why? We ain't not going to stop him 20 to 20. So why don't we just run zone, mm-hmm. keep everything in front of us, and then try and get some field goals and keep it a close game there. Dude literally ran man for a quarter and a half. And then the one time he decided to do zone on the series, my man's leave Devontae Smith on a linebacker. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> I just Ow. I don't I don't get it I don't get it like I knew Ohio State defense was bad mm-hmm. but I didn't know they was that bad <laughs> like I really didn't know they was that bad I was just I started watching that half so I fell asleep at probably like three minutes into the third quarter and I was like All right, I'm good to go and so Coach Page, you, you played football before and so looking at the defensive coverage doesn't it seem like the safety would be able to say, I know that the play is drawn up for me to go over here, but obviously Devontae Smith is on a linebacker. I need to be over top to make sure Smith doesn't get ahead of us. It depends on the coverage. Cause like, I don't know what the hell they were running. Cause it looked like cover three. It looked like a poor version of cover three because the way it was set up is like the safety, first of all, the corner, if you pay attention to where the safety was dropping, the corner wasn't dropping fast enough. If you're in cover three, your ass is supposed to bail immediately. Mm-hmm. So the corner wasn't dropping fast enough. And then all he did was literally cut across his face, and then it was just a touchdown from there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They could have been in some – I listen, I don't know what dude was doing. <laughs> hey, he just ran like it was, a little, it was just a little post route. It was just a little yeah. – I know he was running the post route. I'm just saying I don't know what coverage that was. Yeah. I was convinced that it was just, you know, leave Devontae Smith open. or And then we need to get on Sean Wade. Ooh. He's horrid. <laughs> I don't care what none of y'all. Y'all can defend him all they want. Man, that All-American was a fraud. <laughs> it was a fraud. He couldn't cover me if my hand was glued to my – if his hand was glued to my ass. Like, what was he doing? Like, he, like he would get burnt in a bail technique. Like, how are you getting burnt in a bail technique? It was just, I just, I don't know what dude was doing. I really don't. Then the one time, he get in, man, and he got toasted for like a 50-yarder. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just shaking my head like, bro, mm-hmm. yo, you lost tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. this season. Like, you was a first-round pick, and now you about to be like fourth-round pick. Wow. Yeah. That's, that that, that's what he looked like. He looked like a fourth-round corner. Yeah. So. And I wonder – not to interrupt. I'm good, man. Y'all can take it over from there. I'm, 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 <laughs> he's done. He's peaced out. I, I wonder if the moment was so big, you know, not all those guys have seen such a big audience watching, you know, a big game like that. If it just, you know, it just was gone from the from the jump. I mean, your boy Wade, I think. Clemson, so that's out of the question. Well, you're right. I ain't got time for that. That's you're out right. of the question. You just whooped right. on Clemson like. So what happened? You're right. I agree. I think that um, I guess I'll just put my take in. I think it could have been better 
a lot of it could have been better on the one, the defense making better tackles. It took about five men to take down one player on almost every play. Mm -hmm. And then two, there was a lack of creativity on OSU's side. I think definitely on offense. The creativity that I saw on Alabama's side, especially with the, the motions that they had Smith going on and faking one way, going another way, that really not only expressed how well the players are, but even the coaches. Like the coaches have drawn up much better plays than, than OSU could have defended. That's kind of my take. Yeah. It's Sarkeesian, man. Yeah. I, like, man. I, I agree. But also I feel as though that they had – I think the game plan was more so just like run it down their throats, get the time of possession limit, Smith and them on the field. And with Sermon going down first play, it kind of just like ruined <laughs> everything they had planned. Um, and I'm not shocked about Wade because I told you all in the group chat um, after the – like during the Clemson game, and I was like, he was getting broken off all game against Clemson. So I was like, he's not going to be able to keep up with that boy. And he he even said it. They said that um, Wade was like, there's like, all right, who, who you want to guard? And he's like, I want him. Like he was Braun or something. <laughs> and he just got cooked all game. So – I mean, going into it, I was kind of like 50-50. It was like, we could win this, but we could lose. So, in the way it happened, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, um, like, you were hurt by it, but then you weren't shocked. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we we're kind of undermanned with injuries going into it the injuries that happened in, and then, I mean, Alabama offensively is just loaded. Like a lot of their players uh, in that were winning awards in their positions, like as like the best player in their positions. And then you have three of their players that finished top five in the Heisman race, one actually winning it. And then against, and all that on offense against our defense, that it, it wasn't a, a good it wasn't good for us. So, you mentioned you said that you weren't you. It hurt, but you weren't surprised. And I, I kind of feel that way. But there's a part of me I wonder. This is controversial. Mm. Was OSU really ranked? <laughs> Were they really ranked where they should have been ranked? A seven and O team versus a twelve and O team. We saw last week, or you know, last game against Clemson. Mm -hmm. What's that? Was that an abnormal, an aberration, a change of just some random way outside of your normal spectrum type of game? Well, so as a as the OSU insider, because you know I worked there, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and like the well, like being in the, like just going into you know the the facility I work in and stuff, and I work alongside with uh you know like therapists, but I work with a lot of students as well that, you know, that are like really gun ho for the team. And then I've seen when we lost to Clemson last year and then seeing how they were like, you know, depressed, real beat up and sad about it. But like seeing them this time around after this loss, they kind of was just like, hey, I mean, they were, I just feel like this year that Bama was just head and shoulders better than everybody in the nation I just think that's just what it was so I don't think it was an anomaly that we beat Clemson and then with this playoff style uh for the national championship 
with COVID and stuff and us having limited games compared to everyone else, it's kind of hard to leave Ohio State out because it's literally Bama, Clemson, OSU, and then whoever. It's just like it's hard to rule out OSU. And honestly, I I don't think it mattered who Bama played in the national championship. I think it would have been the same result, whether if Clemson beat us and got in, if Cincinnati, Georgia, BYU, I don't think it mattered who got in. I think Bama was going to – it would be the same result in terms of point margin and them winning. So, Yeah, I – you agree with that wholeheartedly because this this is my problem with college football going a little deeper because essentially it's Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, like those three at the start of the season have to play their way out of the the yeah. football uh, playoff. Like they have to lose at least two games for them to be out just yeah. off the bat. So really, there's only realistically there's one spot up for grabs. <laughs> And then if you're a team like Cincinnati, well, you're Cincinnati, so you can go undefeated. You're not getting in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's just basically whoever's the best between those three teams, like whoever had the best recruiting class. Yeah. And they've worked their way in up to that year. That's who's going to win. It's, so it's also like, it's so predictable. Dominated too. Like, yeah. what you're saying is like, they going to throw the three loss, two loss SEC team in before they throw somebody that's undefeated. That- outside of the SEC. So I feel like even looking at it from that perspective, it's like they was thinking about throwing Florida in when Florida just <laughs> lost to Bama. Like, what is we talking yeah. about here? And that, <laughs> that's what lost. I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they – well, what they do is – because they use that, oh, who do you think the four best teams are? Oh, do you think they can beat them on a neutral field? I'm like, it's not about that. It's about earning your way in. Because I'm yeah. not even advocating that Cincinnati would have beat any one of the other three, beat Ohio yeah. State or Clemson or Alabama. But they're undefeated. They won their conference championship game, and they should get in. I mean, like, I understand Notre Dame is a name brand, and obviously with it being on TV, they have to have, like, big name brands in a game yeah. to make it kind of come to fruition. But – I'm like, it's about earning your way in. I'm not saying Cincinnati would beat any of those teams, but if they go undefeated and win their conference, but you're going to let Notre Dame in because they beat Clemson in week two without Trevor Lawrence? Like, (laughs) come on, man. Like, you just just basically put them in because they're Notre Dame, and you know that's going to be a big draw of a matchup because they have a national following. Don't tell me it's like, oh, well, they should get in. That's just me. No, I mean – I'm not I mean, a Trevor Lawrence guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not either. But you, but honestly, you you can agree that if Trevor Lawrence played in that game, oh, they would have lost with them boys. Damn, right? Yeah. But that's that's all I'm saying. That's the only problem I have with college football right now because it's just yeah. don't tell me like, oh yeah, well, these are the four best teams. Like, well, it should be about earning your way in. Like, mm-hmm. point and simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and we, when we talked about this before, you know, Cincinnati beat two top 25 teams on the path. So it's not like they were playing right, California. Like scrubs the whole time. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I think college football has some work to do. And I know there's a lot of talk about expanding it to, to eight teams. And regardless, you're going to have anybody. someone left out. But, yeah. I, it was, eight teams, you're going to have to start paying folks. And they ain't really trying to pay nobody. No. Nah. 
NCAA has has a greed issue for we see that year after year when it comes to all these circumstances. Pay the players. Yeah, yeah. So, well, what we're gonna do now is move into the divisional round. All right. So this is gonna be the meat of our episode. We're gonna dig into all four matchups this weekend. We experienced a wild, wild card opening weekend for the playoffs. Uh, a lot of close games. <laughs> I know Coach Pace is on cloud nine right now. Wearing his Jalen Ramsey jersey, um, man, he he made DK Metcalf look average. Like he really because he is average. Oh, talk to me, nice. I mean, I mean, is DK really I mean, average or is just Jalen Ramsey that good? Well, I think DK Metcalf looks good on a Sports Center that body issue, but he dropping <laughs> passes left and right, man. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I, I just I think Ram, I, I get where you're coming from honestly it's kind of hard I'm wishy-washy about DK I feel like he has a lot of upside but then part Absolutely. of me is just like is it is it really him or is it really Russ mm. so next question because like because <laughs> like if I feel like if I don't think he will be looked at how he is now if he was on another team. But then again, I wouldn't be shocked if he balled either. So I don't I got a I got a love hate relationship with with what he brings, but like you shouldn't be getting shut down like this every single time you see Ramsey like that. Yes, he should. So do do you feel the same way about D Hop? Because D Hop also gets limited stats mm-hmm. for Ramsey. But D Hop and get a touchdown. Well, right, yeah. He may not have like eight catches for a hundred yards, but yeah. he'll at least have, you know, six for like 80 and a touchdown. Yeah, like you can you can feel D Hop's presence on the field when he's on there, even with Ramsey on him. So yeah. I feel like it's, it's different. It's just like because when Ramsey's on DK, I mean you, you see the stats, like he's literally nowhere to be found. And his only productive play just came off of broken covers that wasn't his fault. Um, but like D Hop, he he's still going to get. He's going to do his thing. Listen, this probably won't be the his typical, but like there's a a huge drop off with DK against every other corner and him versus Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, it, for DK Metcalf, if your best highlight of the year is a hustle play from <laughs> you running down a hundred yards to tackle somebody. And it isn't uh, you catching the football as a receiver. That's a problem. Hey man, he Don't he won me meme, meme of the year. That's <laughs> he he left a lot of stats on the field because he did drop a lot of passes and and he had that issue in college too. So this isn't a new thing, but it's just like you would think that you know he would. He has time. He's young, but yeah, he needs to, to tighten that up because that that could cost them games moving down moving down the road. It's cost them. Games. It is, has cost them. Yes, exactly. It has cost them. <laughs> the problem is when he comes up with somebody just as big as him, just as physical, and just as fast. And he really can't, like, he can run routes, but you got to be a technician when you're going against elite corners. Yeah. And DK isn't a technician at all. If we really, he's, he's raw talent, raw speed, raw strength. And that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you're saying his inability to run precise routes makes it easier for Ramsey to guard him because he's just as physical and everything like that. He can disrupt him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, he, I mean, with his size and all, he's literally just an unskilled Julio. 
He just has like all the size. He has the speed. But I mean, Julio with his feet and I mean, of course, his hands. I mean, yeah. And I think I that's mean, he's a slightly play. he's a slightly lower version of Des Bryant in his prime. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I can see that. That's what he is. Just a little yeah. faster, I think. Because Dez was like, yeah, Dez could like at least like you throw it up there, like he's gonna fight for the <clears> ball, and like that's how he got all the stats. But he didn't really yeah. run routes and have like good ball skills. So like as his physical abilities went away, you saw his decline like go so fast. Yeah. BK Metcalf is like a that. slightly lower version of that because yeah. he's like, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, he had his at least too for real. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's a fantastic corner, but like you gotta at least like have it at least be a little tip or tap something. I mean, yeah. come on, man. You can't get shut out like that. Mm. And I, I digress. And that's why a lot of the, the coronation that happens in sports, a lot of it happens prematurely because, you know, they're talking about comparing him to Calvin Johnson. And, and yeah, I'm like, y'all need to stop with that. Like that. It's like he may have the size, he may have the physique of those guys, but he has a way to go when it comes to the, to the, the X's and O's and the football skills, as you all pointed out. Um, but and I the one thing we talked about in our group chat before we get into the four matchups, we you know our Eagles update. And so <laughs> not only are you an OSU insider, but you're also an Eagles insider. I am. How are you I feeling am. right now, Coach Murph, with the departure of Dougie P? Um, you feel good about it. <laughs> I, well, I feel like he he. I was saying that he should go too, but. Um, I felt as though it was more Howie Roseman than uh, Doug Peterson. Um, and for those who don't know, Howie Roseman is the GM. You have to kind of factor in that Howie Roseman's been the GM there since Andy Reid. And it's not common for a GM to keep their position in the same, you know, with the same team through this will be the fourth coach change. Like he's the only consistent factor. He um, has a lot of say in, uh, in picks like draft picks and so on and so forth. And he always tries to push himself as being the smartest in the room. Like he was the one that advocated for uh, picking up Jalen Hurts. And before picking up Jalen Hurts tells Wentz like, Hey, I'm I'm gonna draft this guy, but after that, I'm gonna give you, get you whatever you need. But I'm just like, who who tells your franchise quarterback like, hey, I'm taking this quarterback in the second round, but then I got you. Like that doesn't make any sense. He also was the one that took JJ Ortega Whiteside before while DK Metcalf was on the board, and yeah, we just got done you know, talking crap about him, but. <laughs> He is better yeah. than Whiteside. <laughs> D- oh, yeah, DK yeah. has more touchdowns than than JJ has receptions. Like, <laughs> and then he he also went, he made another crazy pick, like taking, bro, I can't even remember. Oh, he took Jordan Matthews when like Devontae Adams was on the board, oh, and then of course this year when he took Jalen Rager over Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Jefferson. And they said that Rager fitted our scheme more, but they didn't design plays for Rager. So it was like, you just passed on Justin Jefferson for a guy that you didn't utilize. So that's why he should go. Coaching wise, uh, I feel like we need to find somebody that's offensive minded because them getting rid of Doug makes me 
lets me know that they're keeping wins. So you have to try to find a way to revive his career. Um, my top two picks is um, I would like either the uh, offensive coordinator for the Titans. Um, I think his name is like Arthur Smith, I believe. Uh, him or who I haven't heard a lot of word about is uh, Pep Hamilton. I don't know if y'all know who he is, but he was um, – I think he's current. He's currently the QB coach it, with the Chargers. So he had a lot of work for the development in, uh, you know, Justin Herbert. And you saw how he played. And also in his past career, like earlier in his career, uh, he's also been like the offensive coordinator and QB coach at Stanford and the Indianapolis Colts. He basically he was the coach of Andrew Luck in college and his first three years with the Colts. So he's like a, he's like this viewed as this QB guru and he's a black man. So we, we need more of those. So uh, those are the routes I would like to go. So we'll, we'll see. That's a good take. Those are some names I haven't heard of her, her for me. Well, yes, that, those, those are good. Those are good for the rest of you quickly. So coach Murph stated that this, this made it clear that they're going to, to go in the direction of Wentz. And so I'd like to kind of hear from you all. Do you, if, if you were in the same situation as the Eagles are in right now, do you move forward for Wentz or use him as, um, as, as, a, as a chip, a bargaining chip to get some other uh, pieces since you have Hurts? We'll start with uh, Coach Jay. Would you, would you keep Wentz and try to reinstall him into the offense and build up his confidence? Or would you cut ties and get some get some players for him? Hmm. Um, I would probably, if I was the GM, I actually would have <laughs> went ahead and cut ties with uh, Wentz and and kept actually uh, Coach Doug. I, I think that um, I think he I think he made a mistake. Not to mention, you got a coach who's a statue on the outside of their <laughs> outside of their arena. Both of the guys um, in the statue are gone now, which is yes, <laughs> ridiculousness. It, it looks foolish, but I would I would go ahead and cut ties with Wentz and strike while the iron is hot with Hertz. I feel like uh, he just already put a lot of energy and electricity back into the team when he when he played, you know, those couple of games. And then I, I think that there's a lot of other places that need to be fixed on the on the team defense wise. Um, it just looks a mess to me, uh, but I would I would go ahead and hit restart. I think even when a coach wins a Super Bowl, doesn't that buy you time to like, you know, try and get things together? You know, I think you shouldn't have three years and out like that. So, yeah, a quick, a quick bit on that. The reason why uh, Doug was fired, part of the reason why is they, Jeffrey Laurie, the owner, asked him like, hey, what, what are your plans for the team for the future? And Doug was trying to um, kind of like, promote the the current coaches they have like he tried to make press taylor the offensive coordinator so on and so forth but jeffrey laura was like no our problem is within basically he was looking for doug to say like hey i want to look and find take this guy from you know this team to be oc so on and so forth so he's like you're just trying to use more of the same people to do the same stuff so that's part of the reason why jeffrey was like we we can't keep you gotcha. Coach Pace, Coach Pace, what would you do if you were the Eagles? Man, Wentz would have been gone halfway through the season. I ain't got, bro, listen, 
<laughs> Everybody that has been this Eagles cube, um, backup QB has always done better than Carson Wentz. Like, they're, like come on. Carson Wentz has no leadership ability. I mean, everybody is depressed when he in the lineup. Like, I mean, granted, he did his thing last year and took him to the playoffs. But guess what happened when he got in the playoffs? He got hurt. Josh McCown was the quarterback and almost won him the game. Like, I mean, he can't stay healthy. He can't galvanize the troops. He's a turnover machine. I mean, DeMars, we talk about it all the time, but him and Jared Goff are like, twin brothers because they they somehow find a way to give the ball away so like and then when Jalen Hurst popped in there they beat the Saints I mean that alone should like let you know something is up with Carson Wentz um and then I think they won like one or two more games I'm not absolutely positive sure I can't think of it off the top of my head but the team looked a little bit more energized they looked a little bit more juiced up and I mean at the end of the Today, I don't care how much money we trying to win. And if you're not winning and you giving the ball away, I can't work with you. And over the last couple of years, I mean, Foles has won him a championship, almost won him another one, if we're being honest, if Alshon would have caught the ball. And then, I mean, he did his little thing last year. I guess that's okay. But he's stealing money from the Eagles, and I ain't for that. So, man, Wentz got to go. We trading him. We trying to get as much for him as we can. Probably shipping him to the Colts and taking something, or I don't know, shipping him wherever he want to go. But I can't. I can't work with that man. I can't. His leadership skills are too god awful for me. I'm keeping Peterson because he know how to coach when everybody else is in the game. That's that's that, that's that's true too. Hey, he's made his mistakes, but they did look like an entirely different team with with, with Jalen Hurts and. Yeah, Coach Natty T, go ahead and close us out with this with this topic. What, what would you do? Um, well, before I go, so I looked up Carson Wentz's contract, like the cap hit, because I think this is another big issue with the Eagles. Yeah, because their their cap is just torched. Yes, yeah, we're like so. the second. We'll we'll be like the second most expensive team in the league, and you see how we perform. Like that, that's pretty much yeah. outside of our draft. Uh, that we're getting this year, the people we take out the draft, this is it for like the next couple of years. So with that being said, so 2021 cap hit is $34 million. 2022 is $31 million. 2023 is 36 million. And then 2024 is 32 million. So with that being said, if I was the Eagles brass, I actually would try to trade Carson Wentz. And it's not necessarily an indictment of Carson Wentz. Um, I just think with, the cap where it is right now even if you keep him you need he needs help on the offensive line he needs receivers and if you keep him there I don't know if you're going to have even the space to even give him weapons that he can play better so at this point unfortunately it's probably best for both sides to kind of part ways and then for the Eagles to just start over and even I I agree with even getting rid of Dougie P because just for putting in Nate what's his name Sudfeld did. And again, not that I mean Jalen could have lost the game. I'm like, it was within a field goal. Like, why would you you just took him out? Like that doesn't make yeah. any sense. So just off that alone, I would have I would have fired him. And I would just hit the reset button. Cause even looking at um potential head coaches, I think 
out of all the jobs, I don't know if the Eagles is a desirable job because you yeah. have this kind of dual quarterback issue. You have the cap issue um, in comparison to like the Chargers or Jacksonville or, you know, we'll see what happens with Houston with the, with the Sean Watson situation. Yeah. I think those situations are, you know, more attractive coaching jobs. So, you know, for the Eagles, I would have to kind of think about that too and kind of think about what I want to do in the future. So yeah. I actually would trade Carson Wentz. You get a very talented quarterback yeah. on a rookie contract. Why not? Right, right, why not? And then just try to rebuild some pieces around him. Because, I mean, again, if you keep Carson Wentz there, it's still going to be more of the same of what you've seen for the past two years. Like, it's just, I mean. Yeah. I, think that, I think with a new head coach, you said what? Ain't nobody going to Houston. Deshaun Watson trying to get up there. That ain't no. What? That ain't no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, no vacation, well, I that's about it. I would say to – I guess I'm the only one on this, but I say keep Wentz and try to revive that career because, I mean, he did have his MVP run. You saw what he did the year before. Um, I'm hoping – and then plus getting a new head coach is a way cheaper option and having Hurts, someone that – um, a reliable backup that's cheap because he's on his rookie deal. Um, keeping him there until the point where his, his contract is up, um, I don't really know the time frame of like when that will be up versus when Carson's is, but towards the, I'm pretty sure that he'll be due for a payday before Carson's contract is up. Yes. Uh, with his injury history, I think Hurts will see a lot more of the field. Um, hoping that I'd rather Wentz not get hurt. Uh, but I think it'll give you more of a firm standing where you can cut ties with Wentz later on, which will save you a lot more money. Um, and then using that money to pay Hertz and move forward with him versus getting rid of uh, Wentz and running with Hertz. Because, I mean, everybody has a factor in it. He only played, what, like two and a half games. And it's a lot – if you're – an average QB going in your rookie year, if you're just competent enough and have enough confidence, you can ball. But once people get that film on you and start gaming plan for you, what are you going to do? So you don't want to cut ties with Wentz and Hurts gets in there and then he turns out to be a bum. So I can see that. I I'm defensive started to adjust to him a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, even within those two and a half games. Uh, not letting him get outside and contain uh, and like running past him because all these defenses kept running past him and then Hertz just dips out and just, just splits. And now next thing you know, he's 10 yards, you know, down the field. Uh, but when people were like, Hey, we're going to stay in our lanes and we're not going to run past him. He's going to have to get around us. He, he struggled a little bit. He, he did struggle a little bit. So it, it's, it it's remains to be seen, but Philly situation. It's a very messed up definition of bum, too. I just want to know. <laughs> Carson Wentz looked like a bum this year. If I'm just being honest, like, I mean, what do you, did he have more turnovers than touchdowns? If probably, yeah. If you count in the fumbles, yeah, he probably, I think he did. I mean, what's your, what's your definition? Let me know what a bum is because I consider that being a bum. Like, you really got every, everybody, everybody would agree with you. Everyone said he was a, a bum. Even hit like like analyst stands that was just like, nah, he's going to get out of this day eventually. Like, yeah, nah, he's a bum this year. Like, he's terrible. So, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I think he'll benefit more from from New it's, York. It's weird that we're talking about this, and I'm not about to like go off topic or anything. But like, you see how we're giving Carson Wentz like the benefit of the doubt and the chance to like revive his career. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the narrative with Black QBs is if they have a down year, we got to get him out of there. Ooh. All of a sudden, Cam Newton's a bum now for a lot of people, right? But Cam Newton didn't have any weapons. Yeah, like that narrative is. Re- I'm like, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, Cam Newton was throwing to the, the 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 bar stool guy in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. They lucky they won seven games. Man, <laughs> like he the only reason why they won seven games. Yeah, and that's yeah. not on top of all the all their defensive players and. and well, players yes. in general that opted out at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so. half of their defense was like, "No, nah, I'm good." COVID. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. You, you, even got black Cam Newton. Like, you even got black people like Stephen A. Smith turning on him, like, "Yeah, Cam Newton only completed, you know, X amount of passes. He only had five touchdowns, ten interceptions, but he just ran for twelve touchdowns." You didn't talk about that. That still counts. ESPN, like, you know, ESPN, they. They patriot lovers, man, because they up there in New England. So, like, if you anybody talk, anybody they can like scapegoat for the Patriots' problems, they'll do it on ESPN, man. That's what I notice about that. There you go, yeah. my nerves. But yeah, that's that's just my notice. I'm like, why does Carson get another chance? But if it's another black QB, that's why. Come. That's why James gave us this platform, man. Yeah, because that's like, Winston. Winston, perfect example. Winston had 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Winston can't find no job now. Yeah. Like he's a backup. He can't find a starting yeah. job, though. Yeah, yeah, but they got him in the, at the third position. They got Taysom Hill ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, like, was, this, dude was, throw, this dude throws two nuts. passes, and he's yeah. 32 years old. That, yeah. that was nuts to me. Like, I, like when, when Breeze went down, I thought Wentz was going to step – or not Wentz, but Winston was going to step in there. Yes. And was like, Taysom Hill, I'm like, wait, what? Taysom Hill? <laughs> like, he can throw? <laughs> we're we're going to put our gadget guy in, 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 instead of a quarterback who's, who's already proven that they can throw in this league. And so really it's, it's looking at some of the decision-making. And him and, and Bruce Arians' offense is going to throw more interceptions. Now he threw a lot more interceptions, but I think that's looking at just some, some teaching that's going on. But the only way he's going to be able to learn is on the field playing. Yeah. And, and, and what a better situation with a team that has one of the best defenses in the league who's still with weapons and say, Hey, we, okay, we gonna you're going to relearn decision-making because you have the arm for it. You have the leadership for it because people are attracted to, to and motivated by your leadership mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the organization. Yeah. I think that's an episode all by itself. I'm glad you brought that up. Coach Pace. We might do a bonus episode for the people. Uh, about that because there's a lot of double standards when it comes to yeah. that but word word is that this may be breezes last year and um if it if so that winston will take over as starting qb he better i, I mean, hope so they <laughs> put that Taysom hill out there though i was like man and what better teacher than sean payton like oh yeah yeah a year under Breeze, Sean Payton taking you the rest of the way. That's literally the, the perfect recipe, especially for someone like Jameis. So. Yes. yes. So speaking of the Saints, that's the first matchup we're going to talk about today. So the Bucks, we're going to go down to the bio, Bayou and visit the Saints. <laughs> so the Bucks were able to get past the Washington football team, barely. Taylor Heineke had a heck of a game. Big ups to Taylor Heineke. I hope you get – you get, you know, respect to somewhere if it's not with Washington and it's somewhere else, because I think mm-hmm. he played well enough to say, hey, I at least deserve a spot on the roster mm-hmm. um, in the NFL. Um, 
But nevertheless, Bucks were able to pull it out. So, Coach Jay, what, what are you thinking about this game? Who do you have, Bucks or Saints, and why? <laughs> well, uh, there's a reason why I'm wearing this jersey. It's an Antonio Brown Steelers jersey. I got to win somehow out of this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I got to win. I need a win. But um, I think this will be an interesting game. Uh, this could potentially be the last game, like you said, of one of these 40-year-old quarterbacks. So it's an epic game. And, um, yeah, I'm going for the Bucks. I think that you're, you're talking about two very good defenses, especially when it comes to turnovers, interceptions-wise, number one and number two tied um, teams in interceptions. So, really, the question is, which 40-year-old's arm is going to give out first? Both teams. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the truth. Both teams' defenses are waiting for those mistakes. And so I believe, um, I guess I'm, I'm going with my heart here with, with uh, the Bucks. I think that logically it makes sense for the Saints to, to win this. They've got a better, I say a better core when it comes to um, the defensive backs and the secondary um, and can make people make mistakes. I've heard from, from uh, <laughs> different uh, sports shows that they talked about uh, uh, the Saints cornerback. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, I got to look him up. CJ. Yes. Him, him getting in the head of Antonio Brown or making somebody upset. He's like the punching bag. Everybody's punching him. Even his own teammate, Mike Thomas is punching him. But the, the, I think that, uh, I, I, I feel like the mistake is going to happen first with breeze. Um, and then, uh, that'll give the edge to the, to the, uh, to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I'm going with them. And I'll say that that impact player is, is Antonio Brown. Gotcha. Gotcha. Coach Pace, who you got? Um, I'm going with uh, – it's a tough one for me. I'm going with the Saints because I'm a defensive guy, and I think on the back end, the Saints have the better defense. Um, they have a better chance of keeping up with Godwin and Mike Evans and A.B., um, cause they're opportunistic Tom Brady and Bruce Arians offense does make mistakes more often than not now. Yeah. Um, they're not much of a running football team, uh, even though they can run the football with the two running backs. Um, Bruce Arians doesn't run the football as much as he should. Um, so I'm thinking granted Brady won't have too many mistakes, but I think the one or two interceptions that he does throw is going to cost him the game where we know Breeze is not going to throw anything crazy because um, his arm is shot, if we're being honest right now. Yeah. His arm is shot, so he's not going to go throw anything crazy. Um, and I think that that defense is complete and the Bucks front seven is complete. Right. But that back end can be had. And uh, good old Michael Thomas is the man for the job. So. Right. It ain't Kamara, too, because you can't really tackle him out in space. But I think the linebackers are going to eat up Kamara because, you know, White and Levante David are two of the best. So I'm rolling with the Saints off the fact that Brady is going to throw one or two interceptions because of Bruce Arians. Gotcha. Gotcha. Coach Natty T, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this one, uh, I've been going back and forth on this one. Um I'm still going back and forth on it, but I'm going to go with my initial gut is with, uh, with Tampa. 
I just think this time around with the third time, you know, them playing against each other, I think Tom Brady will be able to make the necessary adjustments this time to push them over the top. Um, I think it's going to be like a 31, 27, 28 type of game. Um, that's really what I, that's really where my gut is. I don't, I think the saints are overall better um, from top to bottom, but I, I just think Tom Brady, 43 year old and all, I, I just, I, I just think he's going to be able to make the adjustments and I think he'll be able to kind of sit there in the quarterback room with with uh, with Bruce Arians and kind of make those adjustments needed. Because uh, I think in the first two games, well, obviously the first game, you know, coming off the non-COVID or the COVID offseason where there was no offseason, um, they were still trying to figure out what they wanted to do. The second time they played Antonio Brown and just come on the team. So I feel like they were kind of just rushing him into the flow a little bit and they were still trying to figure out how they were going to work him in. But even though they haven't played out, you know, obviously as good of teams in the last four or five games, it seems to me that they've kind of found their rhythm a little bit. Um, again, even though it wasn't against good teams, but sometimes in the playoffs, teams that are just seem to be on a good rhythm and playing well seems to prevail. So I just think they'll be able to make those necessary adjustments and, and just pull it out barely. Maybe one of those classic Tom Brady fourth quarter with one minute left and he gets it down to the field goal and they, and they kick it in. So that's, that's where my gut is. So I'll, I'll just go with that. Okay. Okay. Coach Murph. I'm taking the saints, man. I, I had, I mean, I had the bucks losing last week against Washington. Um, but like, I'm, I'm with Keith. It's the, it's the defense. Like literally they should have, well, like I told you uh, during the game, I said that they literally went off the strength of Darby. Ronald Darby is the reason why the Bucks beat Washington. Um, so, but like they have, the Saints have good, great corners, a great safety. I, I think that they'll just play a lot better. And then I, my, my X factor is going to be Kamara. I think he's going to, really step it up because knowing how the Bucks loves to blitz a lot, I, that's just perfect opportunity for those swing passes and screens, those passes in the backfield, and you give Kamara open space, he's going to do a lot of damage. So I got Saints, man. It'll be a close one, though. Like, I, I agree with, like, the, the first two uh, games. Like, the first one, no – uh, off season, really new team, new system, and then you know add a new player the second time around. And plus, that score is just like, I mean, that's an anomaly for you know a Brady team <laughs> to get blown out like that. So uh, that that's just an outlier to me. So I think this will be you know a three three to you know six point game. I think it'll be a close one, but I think it'll be. Um, more so the Saints up and the Bucks trying to close the gap. I got the Saints in this one too. This, this weekend's picks are especially difficult. Yeah. I, I struggle with pretty much all these games. Um, hey, he's the cream of the crop, man. That's why they yeah, call the playoffs. Man. Exactly. Tough. I think you can make a case for any of these teams going into this weekend. Uh, I picked the Saints. I'm, I'm with 
with you, Coach Murph, uh, in terms of I don't think we're going to see a repeat of the Sunday night game. Um, that, was, that was an outlier, even though some of the – but I'm using pieces of that as my determining factor because I don't think it's going to be as lopsided. But I do think Tom Brady struggles when you move him off of his spot. I don't trust their offensive line to protect him enough throughout the game where he's going to actually have time to deliver the ball. And, and so I feel that his windows are going to be tighter because it's such a good defense for the Saints. And he's going to be doing happy feet in the pocket much more than, than, he, than he likes. Also, I agree with, the, with using uh, uh, Kamara against the, the linebackers. And one of the ways that they could do that is, you know, you talked about the screen and the swings and stuff like that. I would actually like to see them also use him as an actual receiver at times. He's fast enough to burn any of those linebackers that we even think about guarding him. And have good enough hands. And he has good enough hands to do that. So you, you talk about your wheel routes. You talk about your 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 um, your, your shallow slants and getting getting um, yardage and him being able to run out of bounds so that way he's not taking any more hits than he has to. I just can't see anyone. I think it's going to be like what we saw from Devontae Smith, right? When you have that type of speed against a linebacker, you're going to get burned every single time. I, I, I think they should capitalize on that. Mike Thomas is going to be huge in this game. I really don't think any of their, their secondary can guard him at all. They, he doesn't call himself can't guard Mike for a reason uh, because no one has proven to be able to actually guard him. Consistently. Quick question. Quick question. But, is Trey Hendrickson playing? Like, do y'all know? Because he didn't play – Last week, because um, of I, I don't know why, but he's the leading sack man on the team. So I'm just curious if he's playing. Um, well, that's that's Brady, a good question. I don't know. Because if he can put pressure on Brady, y'all know Brady don't do well with happy feet. Mm-hmm. You don't do well with happy feet. So I'm curious to see if him and Cam Jordan going to collapse that pocket like they should. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like he's going to be good to go. Oh, yeah, Saints. Yep. Mm-hmm. Saints. Yeah. Saints. Yeah, he does have a neck injury, I think, but they're optimistic that he's going to play. So we'll see. No, that means he's playing. They say optimistic. I was say, yeah, he, he's, he's, a, he's a game wrecker. So. And he doesn't get enough props um, at, at all. Definitely- no, no. Like so we're we're going to kick it right back to you. Coach Pace, as the as the Rams fan of the group, mm-hmm. rocking the Jalen Ramsey jersey. So y'all going to Lambo? Mm-hmm. Lambo. This is the, the mm-hmm. upcoming MVP and Rodgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you picking with your Rams this one? Or are you going Pat? No, I'm not picking with the Rams. I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, hey, you gotta listen to me though. You gotta listen to me because my logic is actually pretty legit. Okay, it's not even I'm picking against the Rams because of the whole situation of, you know, the quarterback um, or anything like that. Because I know the defense is going to show up. But Lambeau during January is a completely different monster than anything you will ever experience. I'm sorry to tell you because I played in the cold. You do not want to be hit and you do not want to hit in that type of cold. And I haven't played in Lambeau cold. It's one thing. And plus, the Rams are a West Coast team. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The It's 75 and sunny all the time out there. <laughs> all year. You going to 
maybe a single digit windshield plus it being 18 degrees, maybe that day. I don't know what the weather is going to be, but usually if you're traveling as a West coast team, down South team to Lambeau, the frozen tundra, they don't tend to play as well as they should. So I don't even think it's going to be quarterback, running back, anything like that. I think the green Bay Packers are suited and booted. And that's why Aaron Rodgers wanted the games in Lambeau is because it's a whole different monster playing in January in Lambeau and seeing your breath. And then you used to wonder why the hell am I out here when it's single digits plus a negative wind chill or something crazy like that. So I think the temperature is going to make people like second guess hitting like they normally would. Cause I, I think our defense is solid, but I'm telling you, man, getting hit and being hit in some cold is, is a different beast. Fair enough. Coach Natty T, who you got in this one? I got in the Packers. Um, I actually have them. Um, I don't want to use the word blowout, but I, I think. It's okay, um, man. We got a lot of haters out here, man. It's cool. No, no. Well, <laughs> my, my biggest issue is uh, is Aaron Donald because he has the torn rib cartilage, yeah. man. Like, I, like I, I need 100% Aaron Donald. I'm going to be That's Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. So that's really my that's really my biggest factor why, um, but I have Green Bay by by ten, so like a maybe like a thirty twenty type situation. Um, and again, it really just comes down to Aaron Donald for me because you you're gonna need full on Aaron Donald yeah to you know put pressure on on uh, Aaron Rodgers. So you're right about that, and I just think. The Green Bay Packers, they look really good. Um, obviously, they got the number one seed, and I think Aaron is on a mission. Um, so I, I think they'll win pretty fairly easily. Okay. Coach Murph. Yeah, um, I'm with them. I'm, I'm taking the Packers, and it's strictly off because of, of Aaron Donald possibly, you know, not – well, I don't know if he's playing or not. He probably will – like for just toughen up and play. Oh, he's gonna but play, him, but yeah, I, yeah, him not being a hundred percent is yeah. is a big problem for me. And then also on top of uh, golf playing with that thumb injury, it was clearly that he didn't recover from it within that Seattle game. Because I mean, he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he he doesn't typically play like that. Like that was really bad. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm taking the Packers. I feel like this is the easiest game to pick out of all of them. So, mm, mm. Coach Jay, yeah, I hate to sound redundant, but I agree. Uh, I think wow. the Packers are going to take this one. Yeah, it might be a sweep across the board, and yeah, uh, just like Coach Murph said, it's easy to decide that because one of the most important players on the on the Rams is questionable at the moment with the thumb injury. Um, I think that it. I, I think that it would probably be. If, if all things were normal and, and there was no injuries with golf, I would feel like this would be somewhat of a, a shootout. Uh, but I don't think with what the Rams are working with, they are able to keep up at the same pace as the Packers. Um, you got an interesting matchup with Ramsey on uh, Devontae, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Packers are going to probably have more drives more opportunities and eventually break free and, and score more points. So I'm going with the pack. 
see my competitive side says maybe <laughs> I should take the Rams so I can get a game up on on, on y'all if it, if it goes right. But I just don't think it's going to go that way. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to be stupid in this case. <laughs> uh, don't fall for the trap game. Don't look your gut, man. <laughs> So I yeah yeah I'm gonna go with the pack too. I think my my X factor players in this are gonna be the Smith brothers, quote unquote Smith brothers. They're on defense um, because if they make it a a tough day for Jared Goff, the the Rams don't stand a chance in this game. Even with as talented as the defense as the Rams defense is, they can only hold up for so long. I think they'll come out and give it all they got because they're just a tough team. You know, Jalen Ramsey has, has has been part of shifting that culture on their defense where they 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 hit hard, they play hard, and they're going to lay it out on the field. I just don't think it's going to be enough. And when you have an MVP quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, eventually you eventually you're just going you're going to run out. You're going to run out of steam, and you're going to be like, we are on the field way too long. <laughs> And, and all it takes is for him to make a couple of throws. And when you look at those tight windows, mm-hmm. that cold weather, uh, and Devontae Adams always seems to find a way to get open. And so we'll see. Well, him and Rams, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm very excited to watch that. Uh, but then when you look at it, like when, when, when um, Scanling is able to catch the ball, you know, when he catches the ball, he, he's hard to guard too because he's a deep threat. So if I'm going to take – some people down the field that leaves some space open. I don't always need a big play every time. And Rogers is a surgeon when it comes to just picking defenses apart. And with the emergence of Robert Tanya, he has a, a safety valve valve that that can say, okay, y'all are playing great defense. Cause y'all going to try to, I want to see what kind of scheme the, the Rams come out too. Cause if they're going to do man, it's going to be really tough. I think they're going to have a long day as well because then Tanya is going to find his the little soft spot in the defense and they're gonna keep moving the chains. I feel like y'all sleeping on my DBs, though. Hmm. If anybody match up with the with receivers of Green Bay, it will be my DBs. Listen, you hyping them up, pick them then. <laughs> I didn't say I was gonna pick them because I think Aaron Jones is gonna be the X Factor. Mm. Because I don't think any one of our linebackers can guard Aaron Jones in any way, shape, or form. No. I think the receivers will be fine. Jalen will do what Jalen needs to do. But I feel like Aaron Jones is the one that's going to take over the game um, just because, I mean, we don't really talk about him as much anymore. We're always talking about Devontae and, you know, Scantley, Tanyan. But everybody forgets Aaron Jones, and guess what they got? They also got another running back, A.J. Dillon, who is about 6'2", 240. And hitting that in the cold is going to be a problem. Just had yeah, baby Derrick Henry. Yeah, he was contact. Man. Man, he gave he gave the Titans all they all they wanted. Yeah, like he I is a that. he is like a mini version of Derrick Henry if he gets going. Um or what they thought Saquon was gonna be, but Saquon don't run behind his pads. So I mean <laughs> it That's is what it is. I just think the running backs are gonna take the game over when it really comes down to it. Aaron Rodgers is gonna make his throws, but Jones and AJ Dillon gonna be something different. No, that's 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 good. That's because Jones does get often overlooked. And he's one of the best backs, league, and he's a good receiving back. Yeah. And so even if you all are stout against the run, you get him up into some space on that field. 
Yep. I have a tough time keeping up. That's the thing. You get him in some space. We, we, we will have trouble because our linebackers, they're good, but they're not Aaron Jones coverable. Good. They're good run stopping linebackers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess enough said about that. We have a clean sweep. We have a clean sweep on, on, on the pack. Uh, that'll be some if we're all wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm be I'm be happy as all get out to be wrong too. I'll come back next week like uh so <laughs> <laughs> wrong, but y'all know that's my team. That's right, that's right. Another tough one to pick here. Ravens at the Bills. Lamar Jackson finally got his playoff win. I was very happy for him. It's something I don't root for the Ravens, but I do root for him as a, as a player. So it was nice to see that moment and him be such an integral integral part about of that uh, but coach Matty T do you see the Ravens being able to to keep up with the Bills high-powered offense I do um, and I'm probably voting a little heart here uh, as well because I, I live he out here in Maryland but um, I like the Ravens in this one um, mainly because of Lamar Jackson I think he's going to be able to make some more plays than Josh Allen will um, and then also with the Bills defense, not that they're bad at stopping the run, but if you look at their stats this season as a team run stopping defense, they were like in the middle of the pack. And you want to be in the middle of the pack playing against the Ravens. Mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just I just think um, Lamar getting over that hump of beating Tennessee last week was huge. Because um, I thought last year the biggest problem was they took basically those final two weeks off. Yeah. And he was kind of out of sync. So I think them really having to play their way into the playoffs this year is a big asset for him. And, again, I just think it comes down to Lamar Jackson. I think he's just going to be able to make more plays than Josh Allen will. I think he'll have his fair share of, of plays. Uh, but I got the Ravens. I got him like 20 – Got it like 23 to 20. Nice close game. Uh, yeah, that's a close game. Coach Jay, who do you have? Man, I'm still going back and forth on these two. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a challenge, man. You got two mobile quarterbacks, um, explosive quarterbacks. You got um, one that has an all-star, all-pro, whatever, um, Hall of Fame potential wide receiver. Um, another one that's got a uh, unstoppable run game. Um, there's there's all kinds of weapons on both sides, and we can talk about that all day. But really, I think it just depends on whose head is in the game then and there. We saw what happened with the Steelers. They had all kinds of odds on their side, but their, their head wasn't in the game. So really, I think it's going to depend on whose heads are in the game. Um, I, I agree with Coach Natty T that you're you're talking a real close, you know, three point game there. Um, the bills are awesome, but they are, they are, I think, going up a, a pretty, um, uphill battle in the playoffs here. I, last week, I thought they were going to get beat by Indy actually. And, and they didn't really walk away, um, in this dominant fashion. They, they, <laughs> they, they, away. they should have probably not made it. Um, but maybe they needed to get past that hump in order to really get into the zone. And I'm gonna go ahead and just make my decision. I think the Bills are gonna go ahead and walk away with this win. I think there's versatility with their offense. Um, 
if one thing isn't working, you know, their ground game isn't great, but I think at least with the passing game, you've got plenty of options. And if that doesn't work, then Josh is going to take off. I, I trust Josh's arm um, a lot more than I would trust uh, Lamar. Um, and I think that also the coaching has made a big difference on, um, on the Buffalo Bills side. I think that they, they kind of play and match their opponent a little better. Both teams have good defenses and have had really good defenses a couple of years back. I feel like there's a little bit of regression now um, yeah, yeah. where you can get away with, you know, kind of improvising on the spot. And I feel like the Bills will um, kind of do that. I don't have a, an X factor in this game. Honestly, it just depends on who's, whose head is in it more. Okay. All right. Yeah, this, this, this is a tough one. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Bills. Um, I was kind of I was going back and forth too because of seeing how the um, the Ravens defense performed against the Titans, but um, this is going to be a completely different type of match because you went from facing a run heavy team to an air attack team. So um, I don't know. I I just think the Bills are a better team overall, the more complete team. Um, I'm liking what Josh Allen is doing and the fact that you can't completely sell out on the pass because they have a, a really good run game as well. So I gotta take I gotta take the Bills, but my my X factor is gonna be Trey Edmonds because I feel like he's gonna be I uh, used a lot to spy yeah. on Lamar, and that was what killed the Titans is that they've always left a hole somewhere for him to run, and even the tiniest hole, he's doing, he can kill you for like 20-plus yards. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to be a big key into plugging those holes and uh, making sure he, uh, he doesn't have a big game on the ground. Yeah, Coach Pace? Um. I don't know. I'm tossing. I'm I'm tossing it up right now. It's a coin flip, like fifty point nine to like forty nine point forty nine point one or whatever it is. But I'm a roll with the Bills, and I'm honestly not even sure about that. Um, <laughs> I I just said the Bills because that's the first team that came to my mind. I'm not. <laughs> but um, you can legit just flip a coin to me on. Yeah, like I don't, I really don't know at all. But um, I think the defense, Baltimore's defense is actually coming into its own. I'm interested to see that Marlon Humphrey and Stefan Diggs matchup because mm. Marlon Humphrey is a great man to man corner. Like he doesn't get enough credit like he should. Um, and one of the sneakiest, granted, he can get burnt. But one of the sneakiest individuals there is in the game is Marcus Peters. Ooh. And he can bait Josh Allen into throwing an yeah. Aaron pass. Ooh. And he could take that for six. Like, it's not out of the question. He also can get burnt for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. but he also can get a pick six as well. And he's good at baiting people. And Josh well, Allen is very young in the Unnecessary game. roughness penalty, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen is still young in the game. So, like, people forget yeah. that. Like, he's still, you know. He's still like if he sees one thing, he might, and then next thing you know, oh yeah, I dropped and pick. So it depends. Um, Marcus, Marcus Peters is also a film junkie, so yes. Um, 
I really don't know. Um, I don't think the Bills' run game is going to be all of that, uh, just because. I mean, they're they're going to try and get the ball into Dick's hand and Cole Beasley's hand. Hopefully, Cole Beasley is more than like sixty percent, like he was the other week, because he was hobbling around on the field. Um, I think that's going to be a deciding factor. Um, but I just think I'm going to trust Allen's arm a little bit more than I trust Lamar's legs. Um, because you got to be able to throw the ball. Granted, you have to have a run game, but I feel like Lamar doesn't have the requisite weapons to throw the ball like he should. Uh, Hollywood Brown is not good to me. I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm not impressed with Hollywood Brown. Really? Okay. The only reason I say that is because he's not Antonio Brown. <laughs> that's un- that's unfair. That's unfair. Who is Antonio Brown? <laughs> he, he doesn't impress me like he should. Um, well, he but also you have to factor in that Hollywood Brown, it's, it's Lamar Jackson throwing to him, not Big Ben or Tom Brady. That's true. That's true. But I, I'm just not impressed with Hollywood Brown like I like I thought I would be coming out of college, but like that. Because um, he was a difference maker in college. And then Sneed, um, I mean, Sneed is a good possession receiver, but that, that ain't saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mark Andrews has disappeared in the last, like, mm-hmm. six, seven games. So, yeah. I'm not trusting the requisite weapons Lamar has. Granted, his arm isn't the greatest, but I'm not trusting his weapons to help him out as much as – because it's really him and J.K., if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like you can you can load up six or seven in the box and be disciplined and you know stop that. It's just the drop back and then he takes off for about forty. That's going to be the problem. So yeah. I'm trusting Allen um, slinging that thing around more than I'm trusting Lamar and his requisite weapons. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a dog fight though. This- somebody going to get hurt because I know somebody going to be laying the wood out there. Yeah, so, mm. it's going to be a physical game for sure. Mm-hmm. I. I look at it, and this one was hard, and this may be heart overhead. If so, I'm guilty. I'm going to pick the Ravens in this one. I knew it. <laughs> and for a couple reasons. It's not solely based on heart, but there's some evidence. And some of it is what you brought up uh, with the Bills running game, uh, the Bills running defense. Like, sometimes they get torched on the ground. And, and, then, and then you have – this is going to be the J.K. Dobbins game. I think he is going to be the difference maker. Him and Gus Edwards, I'll put both of them together because I think they're both talented enough to carry a load and just being able to switch them in and out. And then now you got to watch the quarterback too. And we suck at playing defense against the run. I think that serves well because one of the things to do is you don't want Josh Allen to beat you, keep him on the bench. And what I saw against Tennessee is that they were able to keep Tannehill at some when it when it really mattered on the bench where their scoring drives were taking up eight minutes at a time. And, and I if they are able to do that, unless the Bills get miraculously better at run defense, I see that recipe happening. Plus, you look at I know it seems like it's a storybook season for the Bills, happy for the franchise, and it seems like they're destined to make it a little bit further. But what I think is they have been on fire, but they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks. Hmm. Now, Russell Wilson was the only mobile quarterback that they beat. And I think that's because he looks to pass way, way, way more than he looks to run. 
and the, the offense was on the decline. They hit after the nine games where the Seahawks were, were really hot on offense. They were starting to deteriorate a little bit because they struggled against the Cardinals, right? And then so going to that, so you struggle against Kyler and Kenyon Drake. What do you think Lamar and Dobbins are going to do and Gus Edwards? And I know it was a Hail Mary situation, but I trust the offense of the Ravens more than the Cardinals, and I trust their defense more than the Cardinals' defense. And that was the, that's the that's the last loss that they took, and then in between those games, you went to visit Pat, you know you had Patrick Mahomes, and they weren't able to. Now I know he's a he's a slinger, but at the same time he made a lot of plays with his feet to extend drives, and they weren't able to contain him either. So I I look at it as they're going to have their hands full. Josh Allen is not going to be able to be as effective as he wants to be because he's not going to have a lot of time to do so. Uh, I see that if they were so physical against the Titans and the Bills are less physical than the Titans are. And so I look at it as them being able to intimidate a little bit Buffalo because you don't have a lot of experience on that end either when it comes to, to playoffs and these, these type of top games. Like I said, the Bills win, I, I could definitely see that. But I'm going to go with the Ravens because I think this is a recipe for the Ravens to win. I think it is a perfect setup for them. I mean, in, in cold, cold weather, you take the air out the ball, right? Buffalo can't take the air out the ball. They're going to have to air it out. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I look at. Okay, last matchup before we head out for the eight. We, we can say this all together, right, at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Browns at Chiefs. One, two, three. Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> wait, 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 Coach Natty is disgusted at you, Coach Jack. Was that a serious vote for the Browns or was that a... No, I'm just messing. Sarcasm? Okay. It's sarcasm. <laughs> okay, I mean, okay. I'll put it like this. I, for, the, for the Browns to be able to win, they're going to have to keep Mahomes on the bench, just like we talked about in the last game. Yeah. I feel that Baker – see, the, the thing about it is is that people are prisoner of the moment when it comes to sports and life in general, I guess. But what they saw is they were elevating Baker Mayfield so much because of what he did last week. But what he did was have a perfect script. Mm. So if, if you, you, can, you can be a good actor and hold, hold it down in the role if you have a bomb director – and bomb writers, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's gonna make you look good. Mm -hmm. It's gonna look make you look better than you actually are. That is what happened last week. I mean, you hiked the ball over Ben Roethlisberger's head. You already have you already have seven points right there. So if I'm Baker Mayfield, that's pressure off for me. Your defense stops them, creates a short field. Chubb and Hunt were running all over the Steelers, mm -hmm. like just intimidating. You're talking about what Alabama and OSU. <laughs> I mean, Steelers were having three or four defenders trying to tackle these guys. And Hunt was carrying I, I think the Steelers game was worse. I'm not even because they was bullying. <laughs> Center, guard, tackle, anybody and everybody. Just it was bullying. any and everybody. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Although the Steelers almost came back. They almost did. I mean, <laughs> I mean when you when you give them the ball five times. I almost went to the <laughs> Honestly, if Tomlin should have went for it on that on that fourth down, on that come fourth on. down, 
Because Ben Ben was starting to cook a little bit. And, Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, it could have put more pressure on the Browns. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't often say negative things about Mike Tomlin, but I, I think that was a mistake. I yeah, think it was a mistake there. He 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 did not bring his best coaching game, mm-hmm. and, as well as the players bringing their their A game too. So there's some so I mean. I guess no one's picking the Browns here. I think we're just thinking offense for the Chiefs just too much for the Browns defense. Yeah. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Browns, Crowns, Carl Anthony Towns, Chiefs and one. That's the fucking thing. Oh my god. That's what I gotta say. Listen, they they are already down a couple of – like, their secondary yeah. – they were missing a couple of players in the secondary against uh, the Steelers. So, if none of those players are back or not all of them are back, I mean, what do you think Kelsey, Watkins, mm-hmm. Hill, uh, Miko Hartman and all of them is going to do to those boys? Like, they can't <laughs> – they can't hold them. On, on top of that, like – you got spotted 28 points against the, uh, the Steelers. And, you know, I picked them to win. I didn't think they were going to start right. off in that fashion. But, I mean, in recent history or in, in all history, I mean, no lead is safe against the Chiefs. No. So, like, you could be spotted 28-0 and you had the Steelers come back on you. Mm-hmm. That's Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. You lose by 13 in that game. <laughs> you yeah. drop 28 by 13. I, I am, but one thing I am curious about is that I think this is going to be a big game for Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. I think this because I isn't this the first time he played the Chiefs? Yeah, this is yeah, this is his return game. So I think I think he he's going to have a big game, but outside of that, I don't think it's going to be enough. Yeah, I, I think. It's going to be too much pressure on Baker. They're going to have to rely too much on him, and he's going to make some mistakes. Like I said, you know, like we talked about with the Steelers. I mean, if Ben throws you the ball four times and leaves you with short fields, yeah. If I'm Baker Mayfield, yeah, okay, I can do a, a forty-yard drive. What if that forty turns into a seventy, an eighty-yard drive? Now, mm-hmm. uh, when when I play perfect defense, Ben Roethlisberger is. He can he that you know they, they talk about playground ball where he can scramble mm-hmm. to, to try to get the receivers open. Well, the thing is he's not going to scramble to get yards. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, you could play perfect defense. He's going to buy some time and he's like ah nobody open. Fifteen yards later, first down. Mm-hmm. That is it's the most infuriating thing that a defense <laughs> can experience. And that you know with Lamar Jackson, uh, at times Russell Wilson, and with Pat Mahomes, I'm okay. Yeah. And another <laughs> another frustrating thing is, like, he's somebody that can run to get yards, and then they talk about moving safeties and, yeah. you know, moving corners a, a way to create open space. He doesn't need – he throws no-look passes. <laughs> so he doesn't even need to look. He'll just mm-hmm. throw the ball up, and somehow he finds some open receiver. So, yeah, I – can't see can't see the Browns winning this one. Uh, now we do know that the Raiders, though, they were that strange kryptonite against the Chiefs. You know, the first game they lost. Second game, um, I think it was a close game. Very close. And so I'm imagining that the Browns are really reading after that that script. They're watching those clips and trying to, you know, have those same type of tendencies to make 
the Chiefs kind of stifled. Uh, I felt like during those two games, uh, Mahomes was a little bit hesitant on making decisions and then just was throwing balls that were interceptions. So that's odd coming from, you know, a Raiders team that has terrible defense, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the Browns could do it. I'm not going to pick them, but maybe, you know, if they follow that same recipe. The only way you beat Mahomes is what the Miami Dolphins did, and is that turn the ball over. And granted, Miami had like four turnovers, Mm -hmm. but how many times is Mahomes going to have four turnovers? Mm -hmm. Especially with a bunch of backup corners. Yeah, you feel me? Like, he was throwing uh, throwing against Howard, and like, the back seven of the Dolphins is pretty freaking good, Mm -hmm. being honest. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't see the Browns in general having – any type of back seven like that. So <laughs> it's going to be a wrap, man. It's, it's going to get real ugly real quick. Wow. We have two unanimous picks out of these four games. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, One of them, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if it was wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be all, we'll be able to tackle it next week and, and we'll be right here. You can tune into the coach's box and we'll, We'll, we'll process the, the weekend and looking forward to the conference uh, championship games. Did we get the apologies from last uh, episode, though? Okay, so this is this is what happened. I believe that the apology was set up for the Washington game. Yeah, it was just the Washington game. Because remember, he tried to have it for the um, – The Ravens. What game were you trying to pick? The, the Ravens game. And I said, that's too much of a toss-up game for me to give him an apology for that. So <laughs> – yeah, because I mean, come on, man. Like, if, he, if he said it about the the like when you joked around and said if he picked the Bears on the Saints, like yeah, that made sense. But that game was uh, too hard to pick to send somebody an apology for. So yeah, I know. I think with the rent the Bears game though. After dude dropped that touchdown, because I would have put him up 10. I mean, yeah. after dude dropped the touchdown, I was like, I felt like the game was over. Like, that they was it. actually had a chance. Yeah. In them. But dude dropped a wide open touchdown. I feel like that just took the air out the bed. That was it. Honestly, I, I think what, yeah, that, I think that's what happened. And also, I think that the Saints kind of, I felt like they were just coasting. I feel like they were undermining them. Because, uh, I mean, out of all the teams that are really, in the in the playoffs outside of Washington, I mean, the Bears was kind of like the laughing stock. Like, oh wait, the Bears are here too. What are you so, doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, so I think they were kind of saying like, hey, they probably had their mindset on the Bucks, honestly. So they was like, hey, let's just do enough to get the win so we can start prepping for for next week against Tom Brady and them. So, and I guess I think yeah. If I own apology, I, I said that. Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky is going to revert back to Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think it was really his fault that they yeah. won. He played, it, it he played well enough. I think mm-hmm. you can only overcome so much. And when your receivers are dropping the ball, your running game's not able to really get off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you end up behind and now it ends up in your hands. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over a lot. It, it's just, yeah, I Man, think. Nagy's a bad coach. Let's be honest here. He's a bad yeah. offensive Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how I felt about my boy Heineke, man. He wouldn't want if those corners wasn't being destroyed. Listen, I was sweating bullets because I <laughs> Washington pulled that out. I was about to go on IG Live and give you an apology. Oh, now, I'm really about to give this dude an apology because of Taylor Heineke. I will. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. 
So happy the Bucks were able to pull it out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it for us on the Coach's Box on this bonus episode, Division Around Playoff Overview. Tune in next week um, for, for uh, a preview of the conference. Conference championships here. Yes, yeah, as you pop your your Rams collar there. So we'll, we'll see if y'all can pull it out. My team's still in the playoffs, baby. Shut up. He's the only person that has I go outside like the Steelers. All right. And for those of you that are, that are going to be looking at this, I'm wearing not, I'm not a Falcons fan. This is from the, the Falcons Super Bowl year where they should have won, but I'm a Julio fan. Free Julio. Okay, free Julio Jones. He's wasting his career in Atlanta. Now Wait. you just need a new quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Just, Justin Fields, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for stepping to the coach's box, and we'll check, check you all out next week. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all.